Our lives are not a to-do list. As much as we want to check those boxes, such as getting married, landing our dream job, or starting a family, at the end of the day, our fate is in Allah's hands. You're listening to Unsweetened and Unfiltered, the podcast, episode 26 of season two. In today's episode, we speak to Shazia Imam about the fear of letting go, building a solid relationship with ourselves, and learning to put our trust in Allah. Hey, it's Danielle and Zaina, and welcome to Unsweetened and Unfiltered, the podcast where we elevate the voices of women by sharing their stories of struggle while also highlighting their success. We wanted to create a space for women to feel like they're not alone in whatever hardship they may be facing. Some conversations may be lighthearted, while others may touch upon taboo topics ranging from mental health to women's bodies and spiritual struggles, and we don't shy away from any of it. But our overall mission is to make every woman realize that she is not alone. We are all in this together, I promise. Our sole purpose is to build relationships, not barriers, between you and the woman who may need you. We're here to provide inspiration and to build courage. Tune in every Wednesday where we'll feature an insightful guest who will help us reach these goals. We laugh, we ugly cry, and we'll probably laugh some more. So plug in your headphones, grab your favorite cup of coffee or shea, and get ready to become a part of this unbreakable sisterhood. You are tuning into season two of Unsweetened and Unfiltered. You know, I feel like every time you and I, Zana, come on here, it's like we're talking about a new tragedy. And it's it's hard because I feel like it's like we're dealing with one tragedy after the next. And I know I'm not alone when I say this, but you feel this sense of guilt because at one point we were talking about Kashmir and then we were talking about Yemen and then we're always talking about Palestine and so on and so forth. And of course, the Black Lives Matter movement, which I don't want that to ever die down. But I feel like there's this guilt because it's like, okay, now we're done talking about Kashmir. We're done talking about Yemen. Now we're focused on Lebanon. And it's so, so tragic what has happened in Lebanon. And I, like I said, I feel this guilt because I feel like, yeah, we forget about the other tragedies that happen once a new tragedy arises. But then what really brings ease to my heart is that we may forget, but it's Allah who doesn't forget. It's Allah who is in charge of all the affairs that happen in this dunya, and he doesn't forget. And I just truly wish for the people of the Bnan, when it comes to their suffering, for inshallah to subside, for you know the loved ones that are left behind, for them to not suffer so much. It's, it's truly hard to lose loved ones just like that in an instant. It's truly heartbreaking when you look at it, especially from like an outside perspective. I find myself constantly like throughout the day, like if I'm eating dinner with my husband thinking, they were just eating dinner with their loved ones when it happened or when I'm at work like they didn't realize that that moment was going to be their last and that moment was going to turn life upside down for them and their loved ones and their whole country you know what I mean and it's kind of it's crazy when you think about it that way that we don't really realize that this moment and this breath could be our last and I know that's so morbid to think but but it's it's what reality now exactly it's reality for so many people in so many countries and it's just it makes me grateful more grateful for life you know what I mean like I'm now more understanding I'm now more kind to people because you never know when your life is going to be flipped completely upside down by within a second and the thing is when you are listening to the news and it's each day you're you're like tuning in to to figure out more information of what happened why was there a blast and everything like that but I feel like with all these tragedies there's always more questions than answers and I think that's what I get most frustrated at it's like why did this happen and why like who did this and and why did these people deserve to suffer like this but at the end of 
of the day, as many questions as we may have and more questions than answers, the one thing that is definite is that innocent lives were lost. And it, it's truly sad. And I hate that we have to come on here and just, you know, be really down. I like to always be just like, I don't know, a, like a positive source or outlet for people. But it, it's it's hard, you guys. We're all human. And we witnessing people like that just die and witnessing that blast, it was very triggering to say the very least. Like to see that, to know that so many people's lives were lost in that instant and here we are comfortably sitting and watching yeah and it's like i i always i think i always um i'm always conflicted with that and it's like i never want to question allah's divine plan but i'm always conflicted because it's like why do i deserve to be in the safety of my home knowing that i'm not going to get attacked or anything like that but there are people living in other countries there that and i don't want to normalize this and i've seen this post um on social media it's like what happened in Lebanon is not normal. What's no. happening in Yemen is not normal. Like, stop normalizing what is going on in our Arab and Muslim countries because it's not normal whatsoever. You shouldn't be associating bombs and explosions and innocent lives being taken with the Middle East. Because then we become desensitized. Exactly. And I think that's the last thing that we want is to become desensitized to all these innocent lives. I mean, as I'm scrolling through Instagram, I'm seeing faces of people who've lost their loved ones, a bride's on their wedding day thinking it's going to be the happiest day of their lives. And then within a second, just it's all gone. And for me, it was like I didn't want to watch that video. And I was forced to because I work in news and and they played that video a thousand times. And each time I watched it, I would get chills. I'm like, it's life. You know what I mean? I think we're so we're so like oblivious to the fact that we have so much good in our lives. And we take that for granted, I think. And I for me, it's putting a lot of things in perspective and also seeing how people are reacting on social media. Like for me, it gives it makes me both happy and sad because obviously the fact that we have to post about something like this, the fact that it's still happening, the fact that, like you said, innocent lives are being taken for no reason with no explanation. But the fact that our own men are that we're coming together despite what country we may come from. You know what I mean? Like we're not focused on borders. We're not focused on like, well, I'm Palestinian, you're Jordanian, you're Lebanese. Like it doesn't matter. And I feel like that for me, it gives me hope that hopefully one day when it's our turn to when it's our turn to be the leaders, that we can actually come together and be an Ummah, like an undivided Ummah. Yeah, and I, I don't want to get in too deep into it, but it, it's true. It's when we have better leadership, like you said, Zaina. Yeah. That's when we can really come together because it's like you could tell the people of every country want to be together, want to come together. But it's the leaders who it's are the not. the leaders. Yeah. And again, I don't want to get into it because I am not well versed in it. So I don't want to speak on something that I don't know. But obviously, there's just a lot of corruption in this mm. world. And it, it's, it's, it's hard. I don't want us to truly continue feeling guilty. It, it's natural to feel guilty because it's like, here is my life moving forward while somebody else's life just abruptly stopped yeah and it's hard but I, I i forgot who said this and it's true it's like you allah did not build you to be able to handle every like the world's trauma like the entire world's trauma allah did not create we us drive in that ourselves manner. crazy if we did we would but at the same time you know we still obviously should care about every tragedy that has happened but just you don't don't feel so much don't allow the guilt to eat you up to think that you're not doing enough um, you know, we're all part of this puzzle. We're all a piece to this puzzle. And it's like there is something that you can do. A lot of people are giving aid. They're donating. They're they're spreading awareness. I think it's really important. So inshallah, inshallah, we can continue to come together. But it's like I don't want us to, you know, feel like, oh, we're finally coming together at the expense of lives lost. So That's a good point. Yeah. Inshallah, like this can open our eyes. And I feel like in a way that Allah is kind of just, I don't want to say angry with us, but it's like 
this this was the year of reckoning to be honest 2020 it's going to be a year that we're going to talk about for decades to come inshallah if Allah gives us that much life to continue living but it's it's a year that a lot of us are always going to refer back to the the year that's like almost like a marker of like pre-2020 and post-2020 but inshallah khair i hope this episode you guys um uplifts you we have a special guest her name is shazia imam and she's truly incredible she's a life coach she has her own podcast it's called feminine and fulfilled and i that's the reason why i brought her on i came across her podcast i'm like oh my god who is she? who is she she's amazing you listen to her speak and you're like yes girl like yes. speak truth speak that truth like amazing and I feel like we connected with every point she was making. Yeah. So in this episode, you guys, we talk about the fear of letting go, the fear of the unknown, having those checkboxes checked. You know what I'm talking about? Marriage, kids, education, a home, dinner parties at your house with the smile on your face, like Shazia said in this episode. This was a really, really good episode, you guys. I needed it as much as probably the listeners needed it too. And maybe you too, Zaina. It was really good. It was just an honest conversation between three women and I guess expectations put on us women um, in today's society and, and whatnot. And then finding your own happiness. I feel like for the longest I've lived my life where what really mattered to me is making others happy at the expense of my happiness. And yes. I'm going to keep saying at the expense because I feel like, you know what I mean? I, I have to write off all these expenses at some point. But... <laughs> oh, that's a, I like that. Well, it's so true though. Should that, we should make that a quote on our we page. Should. Okay. But what I was going to say is this episode is really good. I hope you guys enjoy it. Again, our hearts are with the people of the man and with every other country and people that are suffering out there. Inshallah, Ya Rabbi, Allah answers our du'as on inshallah. behalf of these, you know, on behalf of our ummah, honestly. So we're all one, but inshallah. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. You ready to dive in? Let's do it. Thank you so much, Shazia, for joining us today. I'm really excited to talk about these topics, specifically the fear of letting go. I feel like all of us deal with this from time to time in regards to relationships, work, friendships. But I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself before we dive into today's episode. Sure. I'm happy to share. First of all, thank you so much, Zaina and Dunya, for having me on. I'm really excited to share with you all today. My name is Shazia Imam, if this is the first time that we're meeting. It's nice to meet you, beautiful, whoever's listening right now. A little bit about me is I am a... Let's see, I'm a born and raised American girl, but my parents are from India. And so I have this, you know, background of both. And one thing that I'll say about myself is that I was really good at the check boxes. So let me tell you some check boxes that I did. I, you know, did the school thing, work, all of that. Um, I worked at these really amazing companies like Disneyland is probably oh, wow. one of the highlights. Yeah, I was <laughs> an engineer at Disneyland. And I actually made a transition about five years ago into life coaching, life coaching, speaking. I have my own podcast called Feminine and Fulfilled, which has been very successful. And I have just completely taken the leap of faith. I left corporate and I dove right in. And I am doing this work to really support women to be their best, to live their best life. I think sometimes that sounds cliche, but you guys are going to hear in this episode that I'm really passionate about it. I believe it's possible for everyone. And it's not just a pipe dream. Like you get to live your best life. And the secret is actually by being yourself. That's it. I love that. I'm so excited to talk to you right now. And I truly love your episodes and you are so good. I listened to a few of your episodes on Feminine and Fulfilled. So please, you guys check it out because you have 
have basically the same mission as us, just uplifting the voices of women by sharing their stories. And it's exciting to see other women doing the same thing, especially from a Muslim background. So I'm just somebody who really looks up to you and you shared a personal story with us. And this is why we decided to talk about the fear of letting go, but also allowing ourselves to give our trust back to Allah and allowing Allah to take control of some parts of our lives. Because I feel like sometimes we just want to do it all. We feel like we have to do it all. We have to be in control of everything. So if you don't mind sharing your personal story, Shazia, so we can give people, I guess, a backdrop to the topics that we're going to discuss. Sure. So remember how I talked about those check boxes? I'm going to go back to them. Let's go into detail because let's be honest, we all have lived by those check boxes. Any of us with any sort of background with immigrant parents, you know, Muslim community, they see Arab, it doesn't matter, right? Like exactly. There are check boxes, even just as a woman, you know, we have these check boxes that are expected. So I got those check boxes and I was doing really well. And when I graduated college, the next checkbox, of course, was getting married. I mean, isn't that the ultimate for like all of our moms? Yeah. Is like, you got to get married and have kids and then have the house, have the minivan and then have the dinner parties with a smile, right? Exactly. Like, here I am. I've, you know, I've done all of like the, the good quote unquote things. And I find a man and I get married at 23. And I thought I would be starting my life. So five years later, we get pregnant. I'm really excited really excited. And yeah, I'm going to go back to this space because it's been quite some time, but it still is definitely a like, hard space to go back to. Shazia, I want you to definitely take your time with this too. Share what you want to share, not what you think you have to share. I think what's harder for me to actually share is that it's not trauma filled anymore. It's actually having to go back to that place because this was, this was almost 12 years ago that this happened. So like you shared, I lost my child. So we ended up, I ended up going into labor. And I remember the doctor telling us that the baby wouldn't make it. And alhamdulillah, I feel like everything is always a blessing is that our son was born alive. And I got to hold him and he looked just like my husband, actually. He looked just like him. It was like this little mini version and it was it was my baby. And I realized in that very moment, the thing that I had been most afraid of, I had been afraid that I wouldn't be a good mom. And when I held my baby, I knew immediately like I was the best mom. The love like that I felt, I was like, I'm this amazing mom and I knew that I only had a few hours to spend with him and we made the most of it. We held him and things were kind of a whirlwind after that because my husband took care of all of the funeral arrangements and all of the things. But I just remembered thinking like, oh my God, this is my baby. And so Alhamdulillah with faith, I I believe he's in Jannah. I call him Chotu Sonu. So we had named him Muhammad, but Mm -hmm. I call him Chotu Sonu, which means little love. That's what I nicknamed him. I really believe he's always around. Like I always feel him in my heart. I feel him like snuggling up in my heart and I feel like he is the greatest gift that was sent to me. And even though he's not with me now, I feel like it's a blessing that I can't quantify. He's what gives me strength to keep going. When it comes to losing him physically, Alhamdulillah, I moved through the grieving process and time went on and now is where it gets really difficult because I thought that was going to be the most difficult part. You know, you think as a mother, 
going to be the hardest part. But really what was difficult is when we got the green light from the doctor. I remember the week. It was it was the week of May 15th and we had gone to look at a home in this beautiful neighborhood that we had always wanted to buy and the doctor had just called and said, you guys have the green light. You can start trying again. And I'm like, great. We look in at this home. It's the exact home we wanted in the exact neighborhood. I remember coming outside of the house and I looked to my husband and I said, when are we going to put an offer? And he looked at me and he says, I want a separation. That's the last thing you imagined. It was like, if I'm being completely honest, I want to say the most heart-wrenching news was like losing my child, but actually the most heart-wrenching news was like realizing like I lost my child and now I'm losing my marriage and now like everything is beginning to unravel. And I just remember thinking like, what? Like I had had all this hope. I, I thought we were just, we were going to move on. Like I still remember like my face, like looking at him like, what? Like, I had no clue. I had no clue that was happening. And so I just didn't know what to do. And what I realized is that I was really afraid of being alone. I was really afraid of being alone. I was afraid of like, not my checkboxes rewinding, right? Like now I'm unchecking everything. And what did my life mean? And so I did my best. I tried so hard to keep that marriage afloat. And you know, ultimately it, it took many years. I hid it from everybody basically for a really long time because I was filled with so much shame. I lived alone for quite some time because I didn't want anybody to know. I hid it even from my parents because I felt that I was a failure. I felt I let them down. I didn't have the grandchild that they'd always dreamed of. And now I wouldn't be able to because my marriage was ending. And I, I remember driving around at times and just wanting a car to come hit me so that my life would end because it, it felt that my life was better ended than to be a failure, to be alone. And sometimes, you know, it's hard for me to actually say these things out loud with the work that I do because I understand the value of life on another level, but at the time, to be honest, there's so much societal pressure to be a certain way that when you don't fit that mold, when you are suddenly an outsider, when you're suddenly like the weirdo or the one who like didn't make it, or like you're not like everybody else that you know, it feels, it feels like an ultimate failure and that feeling is devastating. You know, and so for me, it was very difficult and I had to just really like look at my life and, and make a choice. I had to make a choice about my life because I couldn't live wanting to die. Like that's not living like that's half being half dead. And so I made a choice and I'll just pause here because I think I've I've said a lot and I'll pause here in case you have any more questions. Yeah. I just want to thank you for sharing that because I know how hard it is to open up about something that you've gone through and, and you think you've moved past. But when you talk about this, of course, emotions come rushing back and you have to kind of relive those feelings. And, and I, I just want to say just because you have a failed marriage doesn't make you a failure. 
you know, I think that's something that we have to teach our young girls that just because a relationship isn't existing anymore doesn't mean that you're worthless, doesn't mean that you lost who you are. It's hard because like, yeah, we didn't grow up with that positive notion because I was in the same boat as you, Shazia. You hold on to something that you know deep down is not meant for you or not only that, but you hold on to something that's making you so unhappy. But the reason why you're holding on is for the sake of others and not for the sake of yourself. So it's exactly what you're saying, Dana, because it's like sometimes you hold on because you don't want to let your parents down. You don't want to let your other family and friends down. But at the same time, you're just suffering. You're suffering. You're letting yourself down. Yeah. And all you had to do is just go open up to your parents. And I know that's much easier said than done, but that's something I had to do with myself. And you know, your parents truly love you and they never want to see you suffer. But I, I think we grew up with the notion of if you're not married, you're almost like a failure. And if you, if your marriage is failing, then you must be doing something wrong. There has to be a way to save it. But sometimes not all things are meant to be saved. Some things are just yes. meant to be, yes, hardships that you have to endure. Because I feel like every hardship that I've ever faced has made me the woman I am today. And like you said, some things sound cliche, but they're, they're meant to be said out there for somebody else to hear so they can understand that, no, it's true. Hardships are what bring you closer to where you're really truly meant to be. And I feel like blessings are what show you that this is where you are supposed to be at the moment but I love going okay this sounds weird to say I love going through hardships but Mm -hmm. I truly appreciate going through hardships because that's what allowed me to grow so I really want to thank you for sharing that story because it's not easy you lost so much within a span of what two years not even within a year within yeah I mean within a year it was it was really difficult and then it, it really just dragged on for a long period of time so I think you know this topic of the fear of letting go I was holding on really tight right like that what was happening too is that I was holding on so tight because I believed that it was either this marriage like I had to hold on to like this last little semblance of like something I could control so that I could live my life even though it wasn't a marriage anymore even though it wasn't healthy even like it was a lot of things that actually were again me being half dead but I I remember saying to myself it's okay if I just I'll suffer for the rest of my life just to stay, you know, and I'm not saying suffer like he was bad. I mean, he's, he's a wonderful man, you know, like, I don't want to paint a bad picture. He's actually like a really wonderful person, but it wasn't, it wasn't a marriage and it wasn't meant to last, but I couldn't understand that. Like I wanted so much like to control. And as things were coming out of my control and I was trying to hold on and hold and hold and hold and like hold it all in and do it all on my own. You know, Allah always knows what's best for us. And you're right, you know, with every hardship, there are eases. And I always think about Surah Inshura, you know, mm-hmm. and the Ma'ul Surah Yusra. It's repeated two times. And I just want to speak to the linguistics for a moment because oftentimes we say after every hardship comes ease and the linguistics are with every one hardship, there are infinite eases. Like this is the linguistics. And I, I want like the beautiful listener to hear this because the blessings are now. And I remember this one moment where I just said to Allah, I said, I give this back to you. Like, I, I can't do this anymore. I just can't. And it, it for me was, it wasn't me giving it back to Allah because Allah, it had always been taking care of things, yes. but it was me letting go. It was me saying, okay, I can't do this. And I, I believe that giving that, making that choice to like give it back to the one who takes care of everything is what allowed me 
to breathe is what allowed me to like, if you imagine like clenching your fist, like really tight, like you're holding on your control and you're controlling, you're controlling. I mean, if you like do it right now, like hold your fist really tight, it hurts. Your fingernails are going to like dig into your hands and you're going to feel your body clenching. And I felt like it was me just like saying, I let go and I give it back and my whole body could just breathe again. And after that, a series of events happened that allowed me to come to a place within myself to really begin the journey with me because that's what Allah wanted. I was so afraid I was going to fall off a cliff and end up in a black hole. And in fact, when I gave it back to Allah, I realized I was flying. That's beautiful, honestly. And I want to go back to something you said earlier when you mentioned that it's hard for you to talk about yourself in that that position, in that place you were years ago because of the work that you do now and and the the ways that you help women now. But I think it is actually so beneficial when you do talk about yourself in that way because, Michelle, you're sitting in front of us today and you are one of the strongest women I have ever met. And I want to thank you for for that. And I I know so many people listening want to thank you as well for sharing that story and, and sharing how you can go from being someone that's so, that feels like they've lost everyone to someone as powerful as you are right now. And I feel like sometimes going back to the idea of like the fear of letting go of something and you you basically just give us gave us the right vision of it, like just really holding tightly. And I feel like sometimes the things that we're really truly holding on to are things that we even know f- ourselves that we don't want anymore. We, we know deep down like this isn't the person that's right for me. This job isn't right for me. This isn't right for me. But you still hold on because like you said, Shazia, you still want that box checked at the expense of your own happiness. Like there's oftentimes every day we make these choices at the expense of our own happiness because I feel like we're raised in a society where our happiness isn't put at the forefront of our own minds because if it, mm-hmm. if it was, then we would know our worth because I feel like maybe even within now looking back, you realize your worth, Shazia. And nobody's saying he was a bad person. And that, and I'm glad you also mentioned that because a lot of people think that the one time that they should divorce somebody is if they're abusive or they're Cheating. an alcoholic or whatever. Yeah. But no, sometimes if you're just truly unhappy and you're both unhappy and it's in it's it's just a divorce that's coming from both ends then that's that's okay as well and I feel like we weren't raised with that notion of like well at least he's not hitting you so stay with him but no that that's not okay either because like you accepted and I had that moment in my life where I accepted I'm like I think this is what marriage is. I think I'm supposed to be depressed all the time. And this was my luck. I know it sounds bizarre to say that now because I would never go into a marriage like that again. But just looking back on who I used to be, I I literally made a conscious choice, maybe not conscious, an unconscious choice of accepting what I had at that moment. I realized that that's not what I deserve, but I accepted that this is this was my luck. This and is, I like yeah. yeah, and I like how you mentioned the check boxes because our life is not a to do list. Like we can't go through our life treating it yeah. like a to do list because. Like you said, we're, we're checking off these boxes, but at the expense of our happiness. And I think achievements, like if you want to consider a marriage an achievement, that doesn't make any difference when you're unhappy. And I mean, especially if one, but when both people in that marriage are unhappy, like what's the point? Let's talk about just fearing the unknown. I think that's the number one reason also why we are fearful of letting go what's in our lives right now that we know truly deep down is not meant to be. And I think it's because we really have this just sense of fear of what's to come because we really don't even know what there, what is out there, what's meant for us. We don't even have that envisioned for us. We don't, yeah. And it's the fear of the unknown is the most difficult thing for people. We like things to be certain. That's why, you know, 
I like to have things in control because I can see it. I can understand it. I can put it into a pretty box and wrap a bow on it. But let me tell you something. You can take a pretty box and wrap it with a bow, but if the inside is empty, it's not a beautiful gift. And the inside is really you. So piggybacking off what you guys were talking about, like really your worth, really who you are. Like this isn't about like, and I, and I want to be clear too, like this isn't about like, oh, like we're just like Western women and we're just so like liberated. Liberation doesn't come actually from the actions. It comes from this deep connection with yourself. Absolutely. That's the liberation. So when you allow yourself to understand that, first of all, you are in control of nothing. Like, let me just, let me say that I'm in control of nothing. You're in control of nothing. Here's what we can do with uncertainty. What if we looked at uncertainty and things beyond us as the greatest possibility? What if we took our faith and instead of believing that we have to be martyrs, which I believe we've been taught generationally, and we believe that Allah wants the best for us, that Allah up until now has done the everything for your best. And guess what? There's so much still there. Because we do hold on to things because it's what we know, it's what we can see. And going back to the story of, you know, that I was sharing, I didn't understand that there could be a life outside of that marriage. I just didn't get it. I thought it was either I have this marriage, I fit into a box, I fit into the community, I fit into society, uh, even though I'll be miserable, there's always a third option. What's the third option? So for me, it was when I gave it back to Allah and when I decided, okay, I, I'm going to take you to this moment because I remember when it happened. I was walking on this path. I was on the trail. There's these beautiful trees around me and I stopped and I said to myself, I have low self-esteem. Like I just said it to myself. I acknowledged it and I went home and I journaled and I just wrote what that meant because so many of us put a smile on our face, pretend like we have everything under control, which we don't. And inside, we're crying, we're dying inside, like it's dark, you know, like this is the truth for a lot of people. Like I know somebody's going to hear this right now who needs to hear it. But I decided I'm not going to live like this anymore. And I journaled. And it was in that entry that I wrote, I want to be in a loving relationship. I had no idea how. I just put it out there and I like, it was like, I was just putting it out into the space and saying, I want to be in a loving relationship. I want to love myself. I want to feel good. I, and I just journaled and journaled and journaled. And, and then I decided to create a dreams list and I wrote down some things I wished I could do. And one of the things on there was swimming lessons. Something that simple. Yeah. So simple. And I decided, okay. I'm going to go and I'm going to work on this. And what I did is even with the biggest uncertainty I had in my life, I found the things that were really within me because the only thing that we actually do have control of is our perspective, is our attitude, is how we decide we're going to interact with the circumstance. And I made this decision to say, okay, I can't do this anymore. And I gave it back to Allah. So Allah's taking care of all of the things that are really hard. But guess what? I can build this relationship with myself. And so and so I did. And it was that simple. I think one of the obstacles we face is not knowing what is meant for us and what 
isn't meant for us, if that makes sense. I feel like because we don't know our true self, I think this is a relationship that we should always take time to nourish, take time to cultivate and really take care of ourselves and realize what is it that we want. I feel like when we have a clear sense of ourself, we'll have a clear sense of our surroundings and what's truly meant for us. I think that's why you found yourself, I found myself in like marriages that you knew were not working, you knew were not meant for you, but you still hold on because you don't know what else is out there because you don't even have the capacity to envision something like what happiness truly looks like for you. Mm-hmm. You you really don't know what happiness truly is because here you are just suffering and you think that happiness is not even meant for you. So if you're imagining something not meant for you or if you assume something's not meant for you, how are you ever going to imagine what what's beyond the four walls that you have surrounded yourself with, you know, the home that you exactly. have with that person? So I'm glad you shared that moment of, I think we all have a moment with ourselves where we really know we're in a dark spot in our lives, but we don't tell anybody else because I feel like you don't either want to be the gray cloud in somebody else's life or you don't want other people to worry about you or you think everybody has a good life and you're the only one suffering so they won't even understand where you're coming from but truthfully Mm -hmm. we're all suffering in one way or another and I also want to point out how self-aware you were in that moment where you stopped yourself on that trail and you're like okay I have low self-esteem I feel like not a lot of people are in that in tune with who they are to like point out their flaws because they sugarcoat everything that's happening in their life. They don't see that, okay, I have low self-esteem. What can I do to build myself up? What can I do? Let's not worry about being married. Let's not worry about checking those boxes. Let's wor- let's focus on my inner self and building myself up to who I am meant to be. I think naturally we should know that something is wrong when we're holding on we should never have to feel like we're holding on to any relationship or anything in general because if something's meant for you it will be there regardless it would be there effortlessly in your life I think once you start realizing you're clenching your fist and you're really hurting yourself as you're holding on to something and you realize that something's trying to leave and escape out of your life then you know that it's not meant for you when you are holding on to something you're also limiting yourself on the other end you're limiting yourself to what you're capable of being blessed with and I've, I've said this before where I feel like when you have have your hands like full with like you know filled with like ropes that you're holding on to you have no room to open up your hands to the blessings of Allah like if yes. you're envisioning your hands holding tightly to a rope holding tightly to somebody that's not meant for you how are you ever going to accept the blessings of Allah if that's what you're really focusing on and you haven't given you know you haven't released and I love when you were releasing it really that's exactly how it felt when you can breathe for the first time it's it's something that I think everybody that's ever left a marriage or anything that they felt suffocated with it's time that you really will ever forever remember is that moment where you finally just release that breath of fresh air oh completely and it's you know this piece about like like I loved the imagery too of like when you open up your hands and you let go like you can receive the blessings that Allah is waiting to send you you know we are really the ones like holding on to these small things but when we allow ourselves to really understand that Allah's abundance is infinite I remember hearing this talk a long time ago about like Allah, like when you think about Allah's like mercy and the gifts that Allah can provide, when you think of the sand, like on a beach, like that one grain of sand in like this massive beach is like that one grain of sand is like us in the earth. And that earth is that grain of sand in the universe. And that universe is like a grain of sand in the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that, you know, it's just like the magnitude, think about it, like the magnitude of what is possible. Like this is the peace 
that we get to really move into is that Allah is a razak. He is the one who provides sustenance. Allah is a wadud, the most loving. Allah is a latif, who is the one who is kind and subtle and provides secrets. Like there's so many, like there's so much depth and so much of this possibility that like your life right now feels like a two. Like even if your life feels like a seven, why can't it be a 10? Why can't it be a 20? Like I always want women to know that no matter where you are, yes, there is more. There's not ever, ever, ever a limit. And instead of limiting what is possible for you just by what you can see with your naked eye, like what if you really just asked Allah for what you wanted because Allah will provide. It's true because whatever we imagine for ourselves, regardless of how good a life we imagine for ourselves, it'll never compare to what Allah has already imagined and planned for us. That's how divine he is. That's how great his plans are. And I feel like that's why it's really important that we do talk about today, just giving the control back to Allah, trusting Allah, like truly trusting Allah. And before we dive into that, I want to talk about just having a relationship with ourselves. The reason, another reason why we fear letting go is because we, we, We'd rather settle. We'd rather settle with somebody rather than be alone. And that's a really sad way to live your life, to just settle with somebody, be unhappy, live a mediocre life because you're afraid to be alone. And But that's a natural instinct for all of us women. We don't want to be alone because of societal pressures, because society tells us there's something wrong with you if you are alone and add your age to that equation. And that's, you're a done deal. There's really something wrong. Can we talk about just having a relationship with ourselves, cultivating a healthy relationship with ourselves and being proud of who we are first and foremost before entering any other relationship? Yes, absolutely. I mean, whether in a relationship or not, the most important relationship is the one with yourself. Because here's the truth. The person that you are going to be with the most in this life is yourself. That is a relationship no matter what you're going to be with. So why not make that relationship the best relationship? So small things are, you know, I always say keep it super simple. I call it the KISS method. So just keep it super simple. First, it's about acknowledging, it's about making a choice that, oh, I can have a relationship with myself. I'm worthy to have a relationship. I'm worthy to like feel good. I'm worthy to uh, not just be fine, quote unquote, because fine is media is mediocrity at its finest, but that what would it be like to say, I feel great. I feel confident. I feel good. I feel fulfilled, you know, allowing yourself to make a choice. So acknowledging that first. The second thing that I always recommend is, okay, well, what does that mean to you? Now, what does it mean to everybody else? We always like to ask people, well, what do you think? What do you think? And it's like, no, what do you think? Like, what are your dreams? And so I, um, I would create a dreams list of like just 10 things that you would love to do. They can be big or small, but just write it down. Like, what is it that you want? Like, what is it that you desire? Sometimes even the act of writing it can be difficult because most of us have never done that before. We've never thought about it at that level. And the third is to take action. So take action on one of those things. Try something new, do something different, do something outside of the box and allow yourself to see what is possible. Because the key points here are really around acknowledging, dreaming, and doing. 
when you do this and you keep it just really this simple, you will find a new relationship with yourself. And in case anyone's like, I don't even know where to begin. I actually have a gift. You can download. I have a dreams list with some ideas. So you can grab that at thelifeengineer.com slash dreams. So that's yours. But really, it's these three things that are are really the crux of it because you you begin the the main point is you begin and as you get to know yourself on an inner and an outer level you're going to develop this new relationship with yourself so it really it really is that simple and then from there you can get bigger and bigger and bigger but start by the triple d's decide dream do I think also we need to start putting our happiness first. I think that's also a hard step coming from an, a family of immigrants or immigrant parents. You kind of feel pressure to always make your family happy. And I, I think that's why we allow our dreams to subside and what we truly want for ourselves. We allow that to subside because we always want our families to be happy. But I know this is a really bold step, but I think it's time that if you're an adult, if you're past the age of 18, I think it's time for you to really take control of your life and do things that make you happy as long as they're halal, as long as they bring you closer to Allah as long as you know you're not hurting anybody in the process your parents will truly come around and I'm saying this from real experience you know what I mean I grew up with immigrant mm-hmm. parents what does my mom want from me other than to get married and have five kids but guess what <laughs> I'm 30 and none of that has happened but I think she's finally come around and understood that you know my daughter's a good person she's educated she tries tries her best this is what makes her happy if whatever it ends up being and she's finally come around and I think we don't give our parents that credit where we assume that there are enemies I think that's the number one thing but I I think in order for us to regain control of our lives we have to truly put our happiness first before the happiness of others because you only have one life to live Allah gave us that one gift and I think sometimes we truly take it for granted and we take it for granted by just living through this life as if we're just zombies just dead souls just going from work to home home to work you know that I, I think there's just more to life this is a gift that if Allah woke you up today and all you did was just go to work and come home you really have to just really refocus on your life and recalibrate your intentions and really think about like, why am I living today? Am I happy? Am I not? You know, that's a great point. And I also think it's interesting that we invest so much time and energy into other relationships, like our relationship with our parents, our friends, our spouses, our significant others. But when it comes to relationships with ourselves, it's like we put it on the back burner. We always think like, oh, she'll be there. Like, I'll be there for myself. Like, of course, it'll always be there. But I think we neglect ourselves so much. And I guess my question for you was, how can we instill having a relationship with yourself in the younger generation? Because obviously we didn't grow up with that mentality. How can we instill it in our kids and their kids? And like so give forth? them hope to know that they're enough by themselves. Exactly. Because we're not deterring anybody away from getting married. Marriage is a really beautiful mm-hmm. thing. It it's a beautiful union. And Michelle Shazza, you're happily married. Everything is good. But it's just like, I think the foundation of any you know, external relationship with anybody else is the relationship with yourself. I think if that's not solid, then your relationship with everybody else is not going to be solid. It's not going to be healthy. Yeah. You know, you guys are speaking to something really important, which is investing in yourself. We invest in uh, so many other things. We won't even hesitate, but we don't invest in ourselves, you know, to feel worthy, to feel confident, to feel like really good. And, you know, when I think about the next generation, I think it's so important that we model that. I think it's really important that Look, we have this opportunity now to model that because the next generation is learning from us. They're learning just the same way we learned from our mothers. They're going to be learning from us. And look, I don't want to be auntie status yet, but (laughs) you know, but we might be to a certain extent. So it's important to model, like, what does it mean to be in a good relationship with yourself? 
you know, and to me, investing in yourself means really understanding who you are. It means taking the time to invest in ways to understand yourself or coaching. Of course, I'm always going to recommend that. There's other things too, but to really find yourself, to be with yourself. I mean, this whole place we're in right now that talks about mindfulness and self-discovery, like, thank God we have that now. Thank God we have a space to do that because the greatest happiness will come when you know you. And when you know you, and here is the ultimate secret, when you know you and you find that deep happiness with who you are, like you find this contentment with where you are at today because we have this present moment, you will then attract the things that you want. A lot of times we think that first we should get the romantic relationship or first we should get the money or first we should get the job and then I'll feel happy when in fact it's exactly the opposite. When you feel happy and you have this energy where you're like, I just, I love myself. Like to be able to say that, trust me, that energy is going to pull everything in and yeah, the end of my story is I found my soulmate, you know, I, I found my soulmate, I found my health. I mean, people now tell me I look so beautiful and I didn't change the way I looked, but it's how I feel inside. It's how I live in the world now. You know, I have all the quote unquote things, but those things don't matter. What matters is, yeah, when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really feel like that. I'm really proud of myself. I still have times where I don't feel enough. I still do. And I know that I'm on my journey and I love myself in this journey. That's the thing. It's like, why not live? Why not thrive? Like, why not get all of the things? And it starts so very simply by that relationship with yourself. I think we forget how powerful we are. And oh, that's yeah. something Shazi told me over the phone. We were created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, what more do we want to remind us of how powerful we are, how much more we're capable of, instead of just sulking around and thinking our life is over and this is what we're meant to be in? No, there's just so much more to life. And if Allah is giving you that second chance at life, just take it, grab it, and just be grateful that you have it. And just go out there and achieve what you truly want to achieve. Because wallah on everything, life is super, super short. And I swear you do not ever want to be just leaving this earth with so many regrets all it would have taken was for you just to be courageous enough to take that first step towards your happiness and that's something Shaza you did and I want to talk about when you decided to finally put your trust back in Allah it's not that you lost it but I think sometimes we need to verbally like reinstate it we have to really like have a conversation with God and know I know you're in charge of all my affairs but I'm like right now really realizing like yes I want you 100% to be in charge of all of my affairs you know, the number one thing I did after that when I let go is it allowed me to realize I can also ask Allah for things. In that time that I was holding on so tight, I really wasn't making dua for myself. I really wasn't deeply asking. And when I was when I realized I give this back to you, when I realized here are the things that I want, you know, then I asked and I started asking Allah. I didn't know how. Trust me, I had no clue how. But this is the thing, you don't have to know the how, you just trust. And you, when you make the one, you ask with all sincerity and you actually ask for the things you want, like do all the regular duas, they're good. But like have honest conversations with Allah. Like I would say, okay, Allah, like here are the things I want. 
by learning to be connected with myself, I developed a much closer relationship with Allah, like with my Lord. Like it was, it had never been to that level before. And that was the greatest blessing. And that was the promise that I had made that no matter what external thing ever happened in my life, that I would never, ever, ever allow the relationship with myself or with Allah to come second. That was the promise I've made. And Alhamdulillah. I just feel that Allah has continued to bless me and I am grateful for that. Yeah, and it's it's so interesting how it's all intertwined. Like your relationship with yourself can help you build a stronger relationship with Allah. And I think exactly. we forget that we're a part of that equation as well. We can't forget about ourselves in that process of connecting to God. I think even part of being Muslim, we tend to forget is the term tawakkal. And I'm pretty sure everybody knows what it means, but just like trusting and relying on Allah. And I think sometimes we forget that that we we just think that you know we're not worthy of Allah's blessings or we're mm-hmm. not worthy of even having a conversation with Allah because maybe we don't think that we're good enough Muslims but the thing is Allah says there's no sin greater than the deeds or the blessings that he's willing to just shower us with like all of our sins will forever be forgiven if that if all we do is just ask Allah and we're not even just talking about sins here but just just talking to Allah just having a conversation with your creator this is this is the higher being that created you that gave you life that gave you purpose and I think sometimes we're forget that that's the most important connection and I think it's something that we need to start our day with and end our day with is just thanking Allah and on the other side of the wakil is also just understanding that Allah doesn't give you more than you can bear like he doesn't burden any soul that he has created more than they can bear and I understand some somebody that might be listening to this right now is going through the worst hardships they've ever faced in their life but think back of the last hardship you faced and look where you are now you're able to overcome that obstacle I think we forget how strong we are but not only that but we forget to thank Allah for the strength that he gives us because that's where our strength truly comes from. It's it's, yes. it's from Allah, our creator, honestly. So you decided to finally let go of that marriage because I think you finally realized your worth and you realized your connection to Allah and you knew that there was more of a purpose out there for you. So I think that's really, really beautiful that you did share that with us. When did you decide, I'm now on a journey of just self-awareness, I'm on a journey of connecting more with Allah and realizing that there is more out there for for me because I think even throughout that process it's still hard because not all of our du'as are answered right away we know that all of our du'as come with shipment dates some are not you know prime membership over here (laughs) some take a few years or whatnot but you did say Allah gives you so much ease not just one little bit of ease he probably gave you ease in different parts of your life that you're probably looking back now on and you realize like oh wow like I'm glad that I realized this now that Allah was always looking out for me yeah I mean there were so many eases along the way I think I almost feel like I shortened the time of the blessings coming. And and I did that because here's what I'm going to say. There's one thing to be in a hardship and then just be waiting for the end. There's another thing to be in a hardship and decide. So to your question, I decided that day when I realized I have low self-esteem, I decided, well, that's something I can do. I can work on right now. And I took those steps, right? Like it's about putting one foot in front of the other. The thing to me that can really accelerate a timeline is this relationship with yourself. So when I decided to go on this journey to improve my self-esteem, it really was for me the journey to, to develop me to build that relationship. And when I started feeling really good about myself, 
This is the thing that I really believe a lot of women take too long to do. They wait too long. And I'm going to talk about something that happens a lot with divorcees or with women who are single. Let me tell you, and I did an episode on this that everybody needs to listen to if this resonates. What's the, what's the episode called so they can refer to it? The episode is called Find. I think it's episode um, 22. But here's one of the things that happens. Sometimes when we go in hardship, we want people to commiserate with. It's natural. Look, we need a space to share, but sharing is different than commiserating. You want to make sure that the people around you aren't just complaining. So let's talk about just when you become single, whether you are single or you become single, a lot of times women will get together and they'll talk about, there's no good guys out there. Yeah. Oh my God, the guys, oh God, the guys suck. Well, guess what? <laughs> it's not true. That's, that's what you're going to attract because guess what? You need one man and Allah is the provider. So I used to make the wad. And I used to say, Allah, you can drop a man from the sky. And I would not hang out with people who wanted to complain about men. I did not subscribe to any of that talk because it wasn't it wasn't serving me or them. It, it really, but it's a conversation we have. It's an honest conversation that women have. And I'm not taking away from all the cruddy guys out there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And who is our faith in? Is our faith in the the people that we've seen or that we've heard about or is our faith in Allah because when we put our faith in Allah Allah will always provide so what I believe really shortened the gap for me is to build this relationship with myself and keep that the keep that faith and just keep going you know our energy is really important we attract you know I talk a lot about manifesting like attracts like so why not be putting out good vibes, good things. Maybe somebody listening is like, Shazia, oh my God, you're living in a fantasy land. Well, no, this is my actual life. Like I have found the things that I wanted. I feel fulfilled because I've allowed that for myself. So I don't want this to come off in judgment in any way, shape or form. And I'm just going to give this powerful feedback to say, be honest with yourself. What are the conversations that you're having with people? What are the conversations you're having with yourself? Because if you can shift them from a scarcity of like there aren't enough men or there's not enough money or there's not enough good jobs or whatever you're saying, and you can shift that to, okay, Allah can provide anything. Let me work on this relationship with me you will start to see things come like this. And it happens with my clients all the time. And even sometimes I'm like, subhanAllah. But that's the miracle. What we think and what we put out into the world is what we're going to receive back. So if you're going to have a negative attitude, if you're going to always be down and try to take people down with you, that's what you're going to receive back in life. And I think it's, we don't really make that connection with like, oh, these are just my thoughts. It's just how I act. But no, how you act is what you're going to receive back. And I think that's, it's such an important connection to make. Yeah. And it's going back to when you said like, you felt like Allah pushed you off the cliff, but it's really not a cliff where you fell into a black hole, but it's where he gave you the opportunity to fly. I think that's so beautiful because I think we need to realize even on our journey of like, if we're going through hardships or whatever it is, Allah is there to still protect us, even through the hardships. It's not like he just throws a hardship at us and like you deal with that let's see if you can make it out this is not hunger games he's there to protect you along the way of your hardship and now talking fast forward to what you just said i i truly believe that because yes when us girls get out of a relationship or something what's the first thing we do we call up our girls we have a girls night and we just talk trash about all guys or whatever all jobs or whatever it may be we just it's like a, a, a 
a girl's night of just negativity. And it's natural. We do that. Everybody's guilty of that. But imagine us saying like, inshallah, you'll find somebody better. Inshallah, Allah has the best plan for you. Just be patient. You're worthy. Even just telling our friends, you're worthy of so much better. I think that's a good way for your friends to just leave the girl's night in an uplifted spirit. But imagine just her leaving and all she heard was like, guys are trash, guys are trash. You're just going to think that that's it. That that's all that's left out there. But no, there really are good guys out there. There's, And you know what I mean? Everybody deals with it. But you also said something along the lines of like, we can be our biggest and worst enemy. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes if we're not in a relationship with ourselves and we don't understand ourselves, we're also our own enemy. And I think that's a scary place to be if you want to elaborate on that. Because, Mashallah, you have a lot of good things to say. I don't know. You already mentioned that. But Shazia is a life coach. And the things you say, (laughs) Mashallah, like this is your calling. So subhanAllah, like you got out of that, you know, part of your life and you emerged into another part of your life where you are worthy of all these blessings that you've, you know, been able to be given by Allah subhanAllah. So it's it's beautiful to see that you've become a life coach. And I think this is something super important that I know you talk to all your clients about is just not being our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this, like, I love that the theme of this episode is really sort of flowing into this idea of this relationship with yourself. Like, this is actually what you control. So yes, are you going to be your own worst enemy? Like, I, I just feel like if you're going to look in a mirror and hate yourself, if you're going to believe that there's nothing for you, what we say can become a reality. If that's what you believe, that will be your reality, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. if that's what you believe. But it's not that you have to get to some level of perfection. I want to be clear that nobody's thinking, well, oh, Shazi, you just have it all together. And it's like, no, I don't. Like literally just like last week, I have a whole journal entry about how I don't feel enough. And yet I still choose You have the freedom of choice. You have this choice to decide, who am I going to be with myself? It doesn't mean self-doubt goes away. It doesn't mean judgment goes away. But do you want to be like stabbing yourself over and over again? Do you want to be around people who are digging the knife in deeper? Like, no, nobody wants to live like that. You know, we're all wanting these great things in our life. So let's stop looking outside of ourselves for something to solve it. And let's start looking within. You have everything within you right now. You have it now. You had it all the time and you will always have it. You have the power within you, the love within you, the possibility within you. Because again, Allah did create us and Allah created us in his divine perfection. And so what if you saw yourself as a divine gift in this world? that your unique makeup, like Zaina, you uh, are different than Dunya. Dunya, you're different from me. We're different from each other. And yet we are all these miraculous, amazing beings. Like Allah created Allah. each of us perfectly. So don't look to something else to bring you happiness. Don't look at somebody else thinking that only they can have it. No, you can have it. Trust me, you can have it. It's there. Like, Again, I just want, I want to take one of the listeners and be like, listen to me. And I do want to leave it on that note. And I also want to talk about just the fact that like, yes, we should rely and trust in Allah, but also Allah tells us to take action steps. Don't just be a lifeless being waiting for all these blessings to come pour in and your life is going to be perfect. You have to take action steps towards what you are wanting. And Allah's not going to give you what you want on a silver platter, like deliver to your door. You have to actually go out and fight for it and work for it. Yeah, definitely. Just keep the conversations with Allah going. I really, really want to thank you, Shazia. This was an incredible conversation. One that I feel like a lot of people would resonate with because I think to this day, we always had that little fear in us of letting go of something that isn't meant to be ours. Because again, I don't know if 
some style pressures of checking all these boxes or we're just we can't imagine a life better than what we have now because we don't think it's we're worthy of it i think that also goes back to self-worth so i'm glad that we talked about all of these topics but um i want people to know where they can find you and i want to talk a little bit about your life coach sessions and whatnot and what you provide so we can leave it off on that so people can definitely reach out to you so where can they find you on instagram or if it's not just instagram where else can they also find you Okay, so the best way to find me is thelifeengineer.com. So my Instagram handle is also thelifeengineer. I'm on Facebook at Shazia T-L-E, uh, as in the life engineer. I do a lot of live videos. Um, Facebook's probably my, my main platform. I know I'm aging myself, but it's okay. <laughs> but thelifeengineer.com is where you can go learn about what I do. And if, if you're interested in coaching, then I have an opportunity for you to apply actually for a discovery session with me. It's complimentary. And nice. you can find that at thelifeengineer.com slash coach. And I do have an application on there because it's really actually more for you than it is for me. And I'm going to be honest because this journey is like, it's not for the faint of heart. Like, I think sometimes people are like, oh, like, again, looking outside of yourself. No, we're going to go deep right from the beginning. That's how I work. And that's where you'll see the transformation. So I would love, love, love to to meet to meet you. And like I mentioned earlier, I do have a special gift for your audience. Oh, nice. Um, that dreams list, yes. I would grab that no matter where you're at. And you can get that at thelifeengineer.com slash dreams. That's yeah, awesome. We're definitely going to link everything that you mentioned in the description of the episode so our listeners can find it there for sure. And if you guys are just like us and who love this conversation, Shazia, you have your own podcast. It's called Feminine and Fulfilled. Please listen to it. She has a lot of valuable conversations on there. And I, I love the way you talk. And also even on your Instagram, you also have your own Instagram TV where last time we were talking about uncertainty and I was just listening to the whole thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, she puts it so beautifully because we fear the idea of uncertainty. And yet you made me befriend this idea within what, yeah. 10 minutes of you just speaking, mashallah. So <laughs> this is definitely your passion. This is what you're cut out for life coaching. And I truly wish you the best um, in future endeavors and just in your life in general. So I'm just happy that you found your soulmate. I'm happy that you found even your passion in life. And I think that's what it is. Just the what we learned in this conversation is just you attract what you want. And if you truly put it out there it'll come to you it'll gravitate towards you whoever is listening to this podcast to real this is a shout out to Zaina and Dunya you guys are doing an amazing job so professional you guys running a podcast is not an easy feat behind the scenes so you guys make it look seamless thank you for an amazing interview I love that we've connected and whoever like wants to be on this other side, you can do it too. Whether it's a podcast, whether it's your passion, whether it's your love, what, no matter what it is. And you guys, Zaina and Donya, thank you for being an example. No, thank you. Thank so you, Shazia, much. because I told you, I listened to your podcast and I'm like, she's incredible the way she talks and everything. And I think we need more of this, us gushing oh about God, one we another. Do. Yeah. We don't do it often. But I'm glad that you mentioned that podcasting is not easy. It's so not. don't mind us and our gray hairs, but this is why we have them. <laughs> but honestly, podcasting is not easy. But Walla, when you, what Shazia said is so true. Um, when we were off mic, you said if you have the right intentions, you'll realize like, 
like you'll never want to give up you'll mm-hmm. want to keep doing this because as long as you have the right intentions for whatever you go into in regards to life you'll want you'll stick it out and you'll always persevere you'll always make it out to the other side so thank you for that tip because that's something that you and i Zena, we always remind ourselves why did we do this we want to share the stories of women shazia your podcast has the same exact mission mm-hmm. and it's an incredible episode so please you guys check out shazia support us all we're all yeah. doing this for you know just for our community alhamdulillah for the community that we come from so absolutely this was such a great conversation i can't thank you enough for joining us today shazia take care You know, bringing Shazia on, I knew she wasn't going to disappoint. She is just a life coach that I never knew I needed. And we always say this, but Zane and I are horrible people because we're getting free therapy sessions yes. and free life coach sessions. But hey, we're doing this for you guys. And <laughs> if we can get some incentives, like why not? Why not? We but deserve it too. Shazia was incredible. I needed this conversation. And you know what? She's talking about something serious, but she's just so positive that it just gets you excited. Like, I want to like jump up and down. I'm like, yeah, let me change my life. And like, this is my life. I want to be happy. I always say it's so encouraging to hear a woman who's been through so much make it to the other side and be so positive about, you know, the hardships that they've gone through and look back and be like thankful for what they've been through. You know what I mean? And, And to see that, I think it gives me and I think a lot of people listening that encouragement they need. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode because I sure did. Um, Zaina, you did too. It mm-hmm. was really good. So there's this page on Instagram that I follow that, I mean, it's no secret. I keep reposting everything that they ever post, but it's called Subud, but they spell it with a V. It's like, it's going to be like the Instagram handles S.VBR. And I don't know who runs this page, but it's incredible. It has like these little spiritual anecdotes on there. And, and it's just sometimes it's like, okay, is this person following my actual life? Because this is what I really <laughs> needed to hear at this moment. And crazy enough we literally had Shazia and we were talking about our life and happiness and everything like that so this page posted a screenshot of the seven rules of life I don't know if we'll get to all seven because this is just a quick afterthought but I wanted to start with like the first one which is make peace with your past so it won't screw up the present and I'm actually having this discussion with my therapist at this moment we're talking about I think I'm going to like elaborate on this a little bit more in a post or whatever but how like part of your past you know you wanted to close the door on it. You know you don't want to open it. But it's like you didn't fully close that door. So it's just in the back of your mind that that door is not fully closed. It's like you're leaving your house and it's like you're wondering, did I close that door or not? And it's like on your mind the whole time. And that's how I feel sometimes when it comes to my past. I'm the type of person where it's like, nope, that didn't hurt me. I don't care. Bye. Done. And I move on. And I feel like that. I feel like in that sense that I'm strong. But really, at the end of the day, I'm kind of screwing myself over because I am not making peace with my past. I'm not giving myself the closure that I needed. And I, I don't need closure from other people or other things. It's myself giving myself the closure that I needed. I think that's so important because like you said, like you have one foot out the door and one foot is still in there and you don't realize that like you're halfway in the present but still in the past. Yes. It's it's a very weird place to be. And I think, I mean, I find myself doing this a lot where I'm like, you know, I wish I did that or I wish I started this doing this five years ago. And it's like, I think... I think we need to forgive our past selves and to be able to fully live in the moment. I think that's something a lot of people are struggling with because 
we're like blinded by the good that we have right now because we're so focused on the bad that we experienced in the past. You're, you mean like you're saying like we don't even notice the good that we, we have don't even right know, now because yeah. of how much we're focusing exactly. on Exactly. And I think in five years from right now, we're going to be like, I wish I was more present in those moments. And that's what I literally told my therapist. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm complaining about today in my life. And I'm like, trust me, if somehow you're my therapist five years later, I'm going to tell you, oh my God, I wish I can go back to those days. Yes. And she laughed and she's like, you, you don't even know how true that is. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's so true. The next point is what others think of you is none of your business, Zaina. So. Yeah, honestly, I completely agree. And I know this is going to sound so cliche and I think like everyone's going to roll their eyes when they hear it, but like what people say about you says more about them than it is. It's not about no, you in those it, moments. No, but it is so true. I, you know what? I'm so sick of even saying this is cliche because I said it, it so many times in this I episode. I did too. <laughs> but it's so true. They're, they're, the reason why we say they're cliches because we say it so often because it holds so much truth. Yeah. That's why. And I think like, like I said, it reveals more about who they are than about you it's not about you in those moments like they're just complaining because either they're going through things in their life that they need like a, a someone to put that negativity on kind of like to blame or to be yeah. like oh look at her but I'm also doing the same thing behind closed doors and I think we need to all focus on ourselves when it comes to those things and focus on your happiness focus on your family's happiness I think that's all you really need to care about in those moments and we always say this stay in your lane yeah stay <laughs> in your lane like it's so simple stay in your lane the next one is time heals almost everything give it time I'm conflicted with this one see I see your face yeah. like what are your thoughts on okay it? so here's the thing and I think we talked about this in previous episodes but if I'm going through something, the last thing I want to hear is, oh, don't worry, time will heal it and or you'll get through it. Just give it time. That's not what I need to hear in those moments. I need you to be supportive and not really give me any. It sounds so, so bad, but I don't need you to like comfort me with your words. Just comfort me with your presence. You know what I mean? And once I'm ready to fully move on, like, let me cry. Let me yell. Let me get those feelings out. Yeah. And then I'll be ready to like be comforted right but if you tell someone who's going through something oh don't worry time will heal all it's kind of like you're dismissing my feelings so i used to agree with this cliche statement until i feel like it was this year that everything started coming to the surface everything that i've ever been through in my life that has been you know like years ago this isn't yes. like it was things i went to went through recently years ago and it's like oh time heals all but like here i am five six seven years later and it's like no mm. i'm just now dealing with this so it's like I don't genuinely believe time heals all no. in some situations. That could be the case. But for me, I don't want that to be a blanket statement where time heals all. Like, oh, in five years, you'll be over this. Six years. What? No, no, no. It, like, I think what really truly heals is you. What's truly healing is you taking ownership of what you went through, taking accountability and starting that healing journey. And I swear to God, I can't believe I'm the type of person that's going to recommend therapy. I like used to always be shifty about it. Not sure. Because I was always... The thing is, I always thought therapy was conflicted, conflicting when it, if I'm supposedly so focused on my faith, but no, 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 I, alhamdulillah, I'm on the other side and I realize yeah. it has nothing to do with your faith or how, how strong your faith is. I wish therapy was something that I sought out like years ago, but again, it's better late than never. So the next one is don't compare your life to others and don't judge them. I don't want to go too deep into this because I, I feel, feel like, like we've we're talked always, about this. Yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. Number five, this is something that I'm working on now. I think everybody is. Stop thinking too much. It's all right not to know the answers. I think that's what kills me is that I'm forgetting. I, I'm not focused on who I am right now in the present moment and I'm thinking about the future, but it's like, 
who is this future me? How does she look like? What life does she have? That's just too many questions to try to answer when we can, obviously, with what's going on in this world today, you don't know if tomorrow's guaranteed. So enjoy your life in this moment and stop wondering where your life is going to be in the future. I think Ola made us with the purpose of going through life, figuring things out as they come. Yes, you plan. And and of course, that's smart to plan ahead. But I think like you were saying, it's so obvious now that you can plan and then within five minutes, everything goes out the window. You know what I mean? So I think we need to focus on just finding our happiness right now and allow the answers to come to us. By the way, Zane and I are not some like gurus Oh my God, I talk, but like sometimes I need to like remind myself of what I'm saying because it's hard to like keep up with what you're saying in that moment and then you go through something and you're like oh this is not what i was you know what i mean because we're human you guys we're human beings and shazio who is a life coach was even saying it in the episode she's like it's hard to say these certain things because here i am a life coach and supposed to like you know make uplift you and tell you and be positive but she's like at the same time we're still human you guys so it's okay if you're down and out sometimes it's totally okay don't feel guilty don't feel like there's something wrong with you i'm going to combine six and seven Six is no one is in charge of your happiness except you. And then seven is what we talked about basically in the beginning of the episode is you don't own all the problems in the world. Yes. And that's something I think right now we're living in just unprecedented times that we just, it's, you, you don't know what's going to come at you the next day. What's going to be the next headline? You, it's just a lot to handle right now. But inshallah, inshallah, this is something that we can move past from. It's, it's hard to say something like that because obviously like what happens, there's just a lot of lives lost. It's easier for us to say things like that. But what I'm trying to say is inshallah, we can get to a point in this dunya that we are just an ummah that is together, that is surrounded with positivity and love and we're here for one another inshallah, and borders yeah. don't matter. Your, your religion doesn't matter. What sect you come from does not matter. All these things don't matter at the end of the day. Like, and you know what? It's, it's incredible. When you read, I was reading Secrets of Divine Love. I absolutely love that. And how she mentioned just like how strong your heart is and how important of a component it is that like when you put two hearts next to each other, they start to beat at the same rhythm. And I think that's what it is that we are, we're so far away from one another that we're not beating on the same wavelength. We just find, we're trying to find all the differences between each other rather than find all the comparisons and how much more alike we are than different. And well, we, our hearts would start to beat at the same rhythm, at the same wavelength. SubhanAllah, it happens when you go to Hajj, honestly. I, I wish you guys could see my face because as you're saying that, I'm like, oh my God, that's so true. Like we're, we're so far away from each other, both literally and metaphorically yes. right now. So it's hard to feel with other people when you're so far away. It's so hard to like understand where other people are coming from because we're in our own bubbles right now and it's you don't see what someone's going through. Like I feel like when I'm talking to you face to face, it's very different than talking to you via text yes. or on a, even on a phone call. Like it's yeah. just so different. And I think once, inshallah, once we get back to how things, I don't want to say normal, but how things were before, it'll be it uh, normal. Inshallah, we can... I don't know, just come together and be more sympathetic to people. I feel like you and I are like struggling to find a solution because we don't know what the solution yeah, is. I don't think it's, anyone it's, does I right think now. we just we just want things to get better. Whatever yeah. that whatever that means and and I don't know, but at this point what's happening right now is not what anybody wants. No. I think that's what it is because honestly you and I are struggling to find the words to say what world we're trying to imagine because it's just there's our minds are just filled with what's going on right now i mean you you almost forget about the pandemic that we're going through when you see people in beirut just you know losing their lives just no. like that it's 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 hard 
but I really hope that somehow, some way, our podcast is an outlet for you guys. We love hearing from you guys. Please DM us with any feedback that you have. Let us know what other you know conversations you want want to hear. But at the end of the day, we can't thank you guys enough. We love you. Inshallah, Allah continues to bless you with good health and happiness. Inshallah. And we hope to catch you guys next week. Bye.